You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hi guys, this is Adi from Bangalore, recording the last episode of the Corona Diaries, for now. So it has now been over two months since I last held my partner. So I'm desperately awaiting the end of this lockdown so I can finally do all the things that I used to do before. Well, at least those things which are safe and will not put me at risk of infection. Because uh, as we all know, I guess uh, a return back to normal is not quite going to be what everyone thinks it's going to be. It's going to be a time of it's going to be a strange time to live in. I haven't even been able to find the words to describe it. So maybe if I come up with something, I'll write about it. But uh, it's going to be strange living in the world after the lockdown. From what I've seen of other countries, so China has rolled back its restrictions. And uh, things for them have really changed. So... Even a return back to normal is not going to be a return back to normal. But anyway, uh, today I don't want to talk about the usual dystopian stuff that I tend to talk about. Today I want to talk about something a little more personal. So one of my goals, uh, maybe other people had the same goal too, but my goal during the, when the lockdown began was to spend more time with my family members and uh, unfortunately I haven't been able to do that till this weekend. I've been so held up with work and trying to stay afloat and trying to fight away the clouds that uh, I didn't spend any time with my family. So Saturday I sat down with my grandmother before dinner and uh, you know she usually spends her evenings down in the TV room just watching news on full blast so she's watching one of the Kannada news channels and it's usually some propaganda (laughs) that's on it's some really loud offensive news reporting that's on But uh, in the midst of this, I went and sat down. So I just want to set the context for you of the conversation. So there was the TV in the background. They were doing a piece about, you know, North Korea and how Kim Jong-un, you know, how he might be one of the worst dictators the world has ever seen and how, uh, what the how his death might influence the geopolitics in the future and you know they went on and on about the possibility of a war basically just trying to scare people this it wasn't news it was entertainment so i sat next to my grandmother and uh, we just started talking and uh, she asked me you know usually when she's watching news i kind of sit with her and i tell her man don't believe whatever you see on the news Half of the time, it's just, it's entertainment. 
but uh, she asked me, you know, how come they haven't discovered a vaccine yet? So I told her, well, you know, these things usually take time. So I gave her the example of polio, which uh, many people um, suffered from polio before a vaccine was discovered. So that actually kind of led me down the rest of the conversation because um, I then asked her about her childhood growing up. So she grew up actually in the time of smallpox. So the last smallpox case in India was eradicated in 1977. So in her time, uh, you know, she grew up where smallpox was very much a possibility and it was quite a common occurrence from what I've read. And not just smallpox, she's even seen plague in her lifetime. So I asked her, you know, how did they deal with pandemics in those days? How did they manage? And uh, I actually wanted to know how vaccines were administered and if they were administered at all. So she told me that there used to be two main vaccines that were given back then. One for smallpox and one for chickenpox. She didn't say that directly, but I figured from the symptoms that she described. So she went into, you know, intricate detail describing to me the symptoms of those diseases and the pathology. And, uh, you know, I, as always, being an anthropologist, I had my phone out and I was recording the whole conversation. But um, the conversation then tended towards the spiritual aspects of diseases. So throughout time, many societies have responded to illnesses by looking for answers in religion. So, I mean, when the plague was out, there were many um, patron saints of, who helped uh, when you pray to the patron saints, when you were afflicted with plague. So similarly in India, there was a deity called uh, um, Plague Marama. And uh, actually Marama is known as a uh, curer of disease across South India. So many South Indian cultures have adopted this goddess and uh, have continued to pray to her over generations whenever they're afflicted by a disease. So it was the same in her village as well. So she grew up near Mysore. Um, and in her village, whenever there was a smallpox outbreak and a child was struggling to recover, the parents of the child um, would take a vow with the goddess Marama saying that, okay, if you cure my son, uh, you know, I'll give you these bangles, for example. And there used to be other people who used to take a vow, which actually entailed um, them going from house to house in the village and getting repeatedly, you know, smacked on the head with coconuts. So every single house in the village would uh, smash coconuts on this person's head. So every year one person would take the vow 
the penance, Mahramas penance. And then as part of this penance, they would go from house to house. And every house would burst coconuts on the pe- person's head. And then there would be a huge sort of event where they would put hot coals and all and all the people who had taken this vow would then go and walk across this hot coals. And my grandma uh, described that to me as, you know, when she mentioned that, she told me, you know, you know, until you see something like that, you say things like, oh, but they say God doesn't exist. But once you witness something like that, you'll begin to question the very existence of God. So that used to be the spectacle. And that used to be the impact that this spectacle would have on the minds of the people. And uh, she also described to me how life back then was so much easier because the king of Mysore, or whoever the authority figure was, the people actually were afraid of him. And uh, they would actually listen, either afraid or it was either out of afraid, fear or respect, that they would listen to the king. So if the king told you to stay inside, you stayed inside. And uh, she lamented about how nowadays, you know, you see people roaming around despite a lockdown and you see people fighting back against the police. And so she seemed to be very nostalgic about the good old days. But uh, that's my time. And actually I've got a very interesting interview with my grandmother. And uh, once I managed to um, figure out the entire interview in its entirety with the help of my friend Priyanka, uh, we'll hopefully work on a project together and we'll bring out all of this wealth of knowledge out to you. Till then, bye-bye.